This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Advantages Digital Learning Solutions, where learning is reimagined. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome back to Learning Reimagined. Hello, Sandy. Happy 2022. Oh my gosh, Allison. Can you even believe it? It's a brand new year. A brand new year. It's crazy to me. And we're into year two of Learning Reimagined. How exciting. Super exciting. I'm so excited and I'm so looking forward to this upcoming year as well. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff planned and it just... I loved the ending 2021 with just that that week in between Christmas and New Year's is just such a week of reflection for me that I, I use that week. It's a down week with work and everybody's, you know, Christmas is over. So it, the family is just kind of chilling out and it, it's just a good week for me for to reflect and to plan for 2022. And I, I really, I just, I feel really passionately about this upcoming year and all of the good stuff we have planned. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun year. And just the way we were able to wrap up last year, it just felt so good to be able to look at, look back on our list and to be able to say, I did check those boxes off. Mm -hmm. And if there were those items that I didn't get to that that I reflect, like you said, and be able to readdress, how am I gonna approach that for next year? So I am, I love, I love this time of year. Yeah, it's, it's so exciting. And, and that's one thing that um, I know that you do very religiously, as do I, is the goal setting and the planning for the year ahead. And I know that 2022, we have some really exciting things coming up with the podcast. We have some great guests. And I'm just really excited to kick it off. Yes, like today's podcast, I'm so eager. I've been really missing our panel, and I'm looking forward to hearing their voices again. Absolutely. So today we are welcoming back our wonderful teacher panel, and we hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to Learning Reimagined. We are so excited to start the year off and have back our teacher panel. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. you. Hi, guys. Sandy, why don't you go ahead and reintroduce all of our our teachers here today? Um, I would love to have them introduce themselves and share with us where they're, what, what, if they're, you're at the elementary school, middle school, high school, I know we have quite a representation, but I am, I'm just so excited to launch 2022 <laughs> and, um, and just, yeah, hear everybody's reactions and, and just their goals for the year. So I'm going to get started and Lynn, I'm going to start with you and I know you're representing Northern California for us. So please share. Yes, I'm Lynn Locke, and I teach fourth, fifth, and sixth grade SDC special education. Um, That's different than last year. I was uh, informed last October that when I came back from break, I would have a new assignment. They were collapsing my class. So I have a different population uh, than last time we talked. (laughs) You do. I swear you're the queen of pivot. They're so lucky to have I'm excited about what you've gotten to. to And and that is something I want to discuss today, too, because that that is just shocking to anybody you go to work and hey guess what your job is changing i mean she changed locations she changed curriculum she changed age groups everything and she had no choice in the matter it just happened and there she goes so i do want to touch on that a little bit but let's finish up with our introductions here carol why don't we hear from you Our Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Carol Elvarez. I'm working in Southern California as a kindergarten teacher at uh, Ontario Montclair School District. 
So fantastic. Thank you, Carol. And, and Joel. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Joel Pichotto. I'm the proud principal of the pub, um, of a middle school in the public school system um, in northern Nevada for the Reno Sparks area. Good to see everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, Lynn, let's get back to this. So, tell us, is this normal in, in public education? Well, I like to think no, but yes, probably. So I, my class size was down to six and I had a partner teacher who had nine. So because we have such a teacher shortage and we had several special ed classrooms with no teacher, mm -hmm. um, they approached me and said they were going to collapse my class, combine the two. And because I had the lower seniority, they told me, here are the openings in the district and special ed. Where would you like to go? So I looked at the list and I just decided, um, you know, to go into the, my current position. So it was nice that they gave me a choice, um, but not ideal because I did switch locations. So I had to move over my break, um, switch curriculums. I was teaching 18 to 22 year olds and now I'm teaching 10 to 12 year olds. So big, big shift. A little bit of a shift. And, yeah. and you had to spend your vacation moving. I did. I'm not one who can um, start off a brand new school year or in this case classroom without it being uh, inviting and fun and welcoming. So I had to do some portable renovations. <laughs> you know, not only does that show such flexibility and mobility on your part, but I can imagine the students that you were so used to having, they were used to having you as well. And to go in after break and not have you there, that's an adjustment. Right. I do. Um, because I taught adults, I still get a lot of text messages. They do, you know, want to keep in touch, which is awesome. And then, you know, coming into the new position, the hard part really was that they had had roving subs for a whole quarter. So that oh, that's was awful. Uh, there was learning loss, of course. And then just, you know, the trust issue, they it took a while, but we're a quarter in now. So it's going OK. Well, it's just it's amazing that our teachers have been. Gosh, I mean, you guys have a hard job to begin with, but this past two years has just been so much on all of you. And mm -hmm. that's nothing that I would have ever even considered is having to do a job change in the middle of all this. So it's just yeah. those kids are very lucky to have you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but speaking of all of the pivoting and the just the craziness of it all, Joel, at the middle school level, now we're in the midst of Omicron and I swear, the first wave of when this all was starting two years ago, I did not know a single soul that had coronavirus. And now I'm hard pressed to find somebody who hasn't had some variation of it. Sandy and Lynn, I think. Are, oh, and Carol. Oh, good job. <laughs> um, but it, it just it's it's crazy to me. So what's going on in your school? How the shortages are? are you, do you have your PE teachers having to teach math? I mean, what's going on? You know, I think that we're all going to say the same kind of thing. Um, I think every school district, everyone that I talk to um, is experiencing the same thing. And it's just come out of nowhere almost mm -hmm. um, in the last few weeks, certainly the last month or so, um, you know, going into winter break and, and certainly after winter break, coming back, we're experiencing the same thing. You're absolutely right. It, it, it's running rampant through our schools, through our communities. Uh, Reno Sparks area has been hit pretty hard. Um, you know, we're averaging higher than average numbers all the time. Every single day seems to be um, the biggest number. Uh, so our schools are definitely being impacted. 
Um, we're seeing a huge amount of students being excluded for an extended period of time. Um, staff members who are taking even the most um, strict of precautions um, are also contracting this. And so then they're excluded. Um, and so then with the labor shortage just hitting the nation um, in general, um, it's impacting us as well. So at the same time, we're, we're not having substitutes into our classrooms. Teachers are having to prep cover as much as possible. Administrators are stepping into the classroom. And I'll tell you guys, as much fun as it is coming into a seventh grade class and helping my team out, <laughs> um, I am a terrible English teacher because my background <laughs> is math. And so these poor teachers are coming back and um, having to undo all the stuff that, that we as professionals in, in other content areas are, are trying to go into. Um, so, yeah, I, I think all school districts are seeing the same kind of thing where yeah. we're kind of just rallying together and using the resources that we have and trying to stay as positive as possible. Um, so it's not super great times, but I, I think that, you know, we have learned to pivot, if anything, for the last couple of years. And this is the new pivot for 2022, I guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I absolutely. And, and on that, some school districts are collecting these days and, and calling them snow days, depending on the region. Um, there's some schools, like for example, here locally, I have uh, Clark County, and they just announced, I think it was two days prior, that they were doing a five-day pause. Mm -hmm. So with our three-day weekend, they added a day on each side just to help kind of get everybody healthy again as much as possible because administrators are being asked to come and teach kindergarten or, you know, fill in the blank. Right. And there's, it's definitely been a village trying to to keep things afloat. Yeah, it has yeah. been. Um, it's humbling. Um, and and it's, um, it's great to see how our communities um, come together. So our school communities really support each other. You know, that that family aspect is it's really brought us together. So that's been the, the creative positive out of it, I guess. Yeah. Carol, what are you seeing with your kindergartners? As a classroom teacher, I'm impacted by attendance. So the students who are out aren't receiving any instruction and they're receiving independent study. But as a kindergartner, independent study requires you to have a parent who can be there full time and we don't have that. So they're doing homework, but it's assignments that are probably repetitive. Um, it's a district packet. You can create your own packet. So I am sending a few things home, but it's not like having your classroom teacher support you with the skills that you need to be ready for the next grade. Mm -hmm. So that's how we're being impacted. Um, my school is not because they're covering teachers who are out or um, <laughs> or for other reasons, um, they're covering classes, our intervention for the school has been impacted. So our teachers and students aren't receiving the intervention time that students would be pulled out. Um, and so kids aren't getting intervention like, a, like they use, usually do on, um, on a regular basis. And so that's, that's a bit challenging because again, you're, you're, the students need that. So, um, there's a few ways that our students are being impacted. Uh, I do, I did get a, uh, to talk on a positive note, I got a box of N95 masks. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I could think of this week. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> I didn't have to go out there and buy it. Thankfully, I've been healthy. So I haven't had to, to leave the classroom or my students Good. and my children have been okay. Um, you know, great. because as a, um, as a teacher, if your own children are sick, you do have to leave the classroom as well to take care of them. Um, 
But I do have to say, you know, we're still as as a person who's been vaccinated, we're still ha we still have to be in the classroom, even if we test positive. I don't know if you all know that. Are you so kidding me? We, yeah, let me repeat that. So if we don't exhibit any symptoms and we're COVID positive, we are still able and have to work. And a lot of people are very shocked about that. But I'm it's, it's shocked. My job's on the ground right N95 now. That's mask. crazy. <laughs> Probably what I got, why I got that N95 mask. I, um, yeah. But that's, that's uh, teachers themselves are very um, concerned with that. And so that's where we're at right now. Whoa. <laughs> Is that a I have a neighbor who's it's not new. No, it's all, it's been since COVID began. Mm -hmm. I have a neighbor who is a nurse um, in one of the local hospitals here and she tested positive, but was asymptomatic and they said, come to work anyway. Mm -hmm. She says in a hospital, like yeah. it, it's, it's dumbfounding. Because, you know, I, for whatever reason, I don't know, but I would assume because of shortages, because sure. um, I would, that's the only thing I can think of really the only reason why, because yeah. there's no one to cover your class. Right. right. And that, that leads me to a year ago, um, we talked about learning loss with um, COVID and having the school shut down and all of that going on. And now I think we're facing a whole different cycle of learning loss. And this, this group of kids is, I, I, it's, it's scary to me to think about. And then the burnout for the teachers. I, I just, I don't know how everybody shows up to work every day. I don't. Well, the three-day vacation came really nice. Really, really <laughs> nice time. We were ready for it. <laughs> it's just, there's just so much uncertainty. And um, yeah, just, I, I, I don't know how you all keep it going. We just do. <laughs> just do. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. Lynn, I know you have school-age kids. How, how are they doing with the adjustments? Um, well, you know, I feel like we're sort of on the verge of another something, stay at home or um, that you know, it, yeah. it, it seems like we can't keep continue. We have, you know, we have teachers who are home and so you're splitting classes. So then you've got 45 to 60 kids in one room, which again is just speeding the spread because right. they're not. They can't be even, you know, one foot apart when there's 60 of them together. So it's just, it's sort of like a cyclical thing. And I think we're just going to keep seeing that. So my kids are doing okay. My daughter, uh, my oldest is heading back to college tomorrow and has to be negatively tested in order to get back in the dorms, which I think is great. Um, and so at the college level, they're seeing something different, but uh, you know, both my boys are in high school um, and so far so good. But like I said, I think we're heading into kind of another scary time. Yeah, I do have to say on a positive note, testing is more readily available to all of our family members in our community as well as the teachers. So that oh, wasn't good. available to us before. And now um, if, we're, if we have been exposed by either the student or family members, we can test at school. We don't have to go to a, a different location. Oh, that is good. That's yeah. really nice. Because I don't know about you all, but trying to find those at-home tests, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> PCR tests. I was trying to get my daughter and myself tested this week, and there's nothing. I was doing a 100-mile radius, 
for the next five days and I couldn't get anything. So, well, and students weren't returning or don't can't return until they well, see, get the results of we the We never test. got a negative, we never got a positive test, so we're totally safe. So, <laughs> I don't when, think that's the message we're sending. I know that's not the message, but my daughter has been home for over five days, so she's not yeah. contagious any longer, uh, nor am I. It just, you know. I wanted to have it. I mean, if I'm going through this, I kind of want the little gold medal saying you did it, you know? <laughs> but oh, well. but Carol, are you saying that they have to show a negative test to come back? There's so many different cases. Our district has developed almost a, a tree map uh, for parents and because it can get very confusing as to when you can or cannot come back. Right. And I don't have it memorized, to be honest, so I cannot tell well, you exactly. Well, it changes, too. It's it does change. So what I do know, if a child, um, and it's also depending on whether they were exposed at home with, uh, and someone at home is positive, and they're not vaccinated, they do have to stay home. But here's, it, to talk about this would have to, I would have to go through every single district. So I would suggest to parents, if you're concerned with when you should or should not come back, Check with your district. Most districts, Joel, you can um, confirm this. We uh, do have a tree map that states if you're COVID positive, if you're COVID negative, if you have someone at home who's positive, what you should or should not do, how many days you should or should not stay at home. Yeah. Okay. Yep, Carol, we also we have similar um, tree maps too. We have a flow chart um, that's been available for the to the families for the last couple of years. It's changed all the time. Uh, when our school board ratifies and changes the, the protocol. Um, just recently, there was a board meeting this last Tuesday um, where they they looked at some numbers, got some guidance from the CDC and the health department and, and, and whatnot. So um, we're seeing similar things where the um, exclusionary period went from 10 days to five-day exclusion, uh, which will help to, to get students and teachers back. But the concern is now that these families and students teachers might still be infectious, which means that there might be more exclusions as a result. Uh, so we'll just see over some time on, on how that's gonna play out. Um, because by the time we find out, you know, symptoms are starting to subside, the student attended while infectious. And so then it's the whole cycle of contact tracing and seeing who the student was around. So it's a little bit difficult still, but um, yeah, you're right, Carol, every school district, every school should have some flowchart um, or uh, protocol on, on what that looks like, um, please reach out to your schools or certainly the school district um, see if you get some more information if you have any questions about what that looks like for your, for your student or your child. I'm thinking by the end of January, we'll have herd, herd immunity because like everybody has it. <laughs> I mean, we've got to be getting close, right? <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't think you're wrong about that, Allison. Yeah. I think that there actually might be something to that. You know, we read, read so much. I think that you can find an article that will go one way or another or whatever okay. you're looking for. But yeah. in, the, in this case, you know, I've also heard that that might be the case with this okay. variant in particular, uh, where all, we all receive this um, or contracted in some sort of method, and then it will show some level of decline at some point. Right. Yeah. It, it might, I've read that it might be what we need to get, you know, past this hurdle is, is this whole Omicron is, is going to be a blessing in disguise. It is fascinating. It really is. It really is. Tough way to start the second semester of the school year, though. <laughs> Speaking of starting the new semester and the new, new year, what I want to talk about goal setting. I know that's something that we really preach within our company and I do it personally. Um, I try to encourage my kids to do it as well. I, I just, I learned 
probably when I started doing leadership classes in middle school, how important it is to write down your goals. And I've pretty much done it ever since, since I was probably 10 years old. The goals have definitely changed, but um, it's something that I really, I look forward to the last week of December and the beginning of January to really just focus for my year. I'm just curious, uh, what do you guys do? What do you, how do you approach a new year? Well, for me, I mean, it's, it's sort of, I don't really think of January as a new year. When you're a teacher, and I've been in school since I was five now, which is a long time, a, a new year to me starts in August. So yeah. that's, um, I'm on teacher brain schedule. So for me, it's not a new year, but at this point, it's, it's like the downhill slide for this year. And so what do we want to accomplish by the end of the year? It's, it, that's more where my mind is. And for me, I really just want to... Um, get away from what I'm doing right now, which is um, individualizing 10 kids things and using curriculum I make up every day um, and be more comfortable with the three sets of curriculum I have and try to tailor it. So for me, I have curriculum goals um, and I don't have them written down. I probably should so that I can look at them every day, but I really um, want to dive into curriculum. Then you really do need to write them down. I even I put them on my phone as well, and I ref, I refer to them often. Um, Sandy and I do it. We share them together, and then we'll go back and forth. And we I check them quarterly officially, but um, mm-hmm. I I check them throughout. I yeah. would really encourage you to do that. Okay. I have a form. I have a form for you if you'd like. <laughs> for all of our <laughs> listeners, I will share the form. Um, I will okay, put all the resources. That. what about you carol what do you do about goals well our school started emphasizing goal setting for all students a couple years ago pre-covid i love your school (laughs) that is so great uh, we think so too and with in during conference time we share those goals with the parents so that they're aware what their child's goals are depending on the student it's they're all academic goals but some students may need some social emotional goals so it depends on you know, what the students' needs are. Uh, in my class, because we're kindergarten, we I do a goal setting with the parents, but I also have goal setting with the students. They get to color in their specific goal, and it's as simple as I can um, share my, my toys to I can read CVC words, and so it's posted up, and as they meet each goal, they color the, the picture, and they can see how many goals they've achieved that trimester, and they change per trimester because our academic goals change sure. and progress as the school year goes on. Um, And then as a school, we have the three R's, being respectful, responsible, and ready to learn. So our principal every morning, he he repeats those goals for all students um, to attain every day. And we have positive tickets that go out to the school. So we're pretty goal-driven at our school. That's one really good thing that we do, and it's very positive. And then for myself, I do the three S's, something for myself, something for my soul and something for someone else. And I try to do that every day. So um, you're like, Carol, oh, my God, you are a role model. You are so I don't know about that. Genuine and awesome. I, love it. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it does help me. And even though I don't get to those every day, I, it just refreshes um, my mind so that I, I make sure that I'm, I'm feeling complete because as you all know, if you don't, then you can't be there for everybody else. So, okay. So just the three S's, something for myself, something for my soul and something for someone else. 
Yes. So something for myself would be as easy as like getting your nails done or giving yourself 15 minutes to just take a breather. And my hiding place is my um, new closet. Well, it's not new. It's a couple of years old, but it's, I feel like I can go in there for a minute and just have time for myself to do whatever I need to do. Um, Something for my soul would be prayer in, in, in my, um, that's what I do in my household and something for someone else. I feel like as a teacher, we do something for someone else every day. <laughs> so that's covered pretty much, but it might be something that, you know, I get the coffee ready for my husband or, um, you know, little, little things. Um, you, I'm sure have read pay it forward. So it, a, a book like that can really help students understand doing something for someone else. Yeah. Oh, I, love <laughs> I, love, I love this, how you simplify it. And yet it's just so critical to every day. You can incorporate it every day. I love yeah. that. Yeah. For some people, exercise is included in that. You know, they do that for themselves. I think it's really important for the students to understand and for you to understand that when you can't, don't set those even just simple goals or see that there's something in the future that you're trying to attain, um, you feel a little lost, you know, where am I? What should I do? How can I be better? So I think setting goals helps you just be better. But I love that you started so early. I mean, kindergartners, that's just, yeah. you are doing such a huge thing for these kids, life, life lessons. I mean, that's just so great. Well, when I have to admit when it was first introduced to us, we're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Goals with kindergartner. Well, and I think incorporating it with a parent is so important because sometimes as a parent, we're, we're stretched in so many different uh, directions that that's really nice to kind of just bring it home. And the kids often hold us responsible for things too. So, Well, and we had this conversation last time is what can parents always ask, what can I do to help? And so if it's very simplified and organized so that they can see where what they should what they need to get to by that trimester whether it's um reading a cvc word they know that's the one goal they're going to focus on and that helps them work with their children at home so yeah it gives them something concrete right you know and it it it's incredibly helpful absolutely i think that's just and i think it's so great to give them that ownership too the little five-year-olds for them to say, hey, I met my goal, that's that's a big deal. That makes them feel like a big kid and just get well, them. And we cheer, we cheer in the classroom when a student um, attains a goal and it, we make it a big deal. It really is. Yeah. I love it. I really want okay. to and then there's no surprises classes. at conferences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There really isn't. No, your level. Well, well, I think Carol speaks for all of us because we do exactly what Carol does, right? Like we're <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, could, could we say that the goal for first teachers, first of all, like nationwide, is just survival, right? And like, how can you yeah. do something that Carol does? Just take care of yourself. It's such an important aspect right mm-hmm. now. Um, so you know, as a principal, my my eye is always just on that that achievement and performance. But if anything, the pandemic has shown us in the last couple of years is the importance of that social um, piece of school. Um, and we know, we've known it's always been there, um, teaching students about character development, how to work with others, that collaboration piece. Um, I mean, we even emphasize it with teachers and working together um, so more than ever, I think that we're still continuing to focus on that. 
Um, luckily, we, we, you know, we work for school districts, um, and it sounds like Carol and Lynn might as well work for school districts. They really trust professionals uh, to be professionals and set their own goals and just work with a high level of autonomy. Um, we're lucky enough to have a school district that says we're mandated to have these kind of metrics. So continue to write those performance plan goals based on academics um, and, and your exams and things. Um, but at the school level, it really is about reaching the students, making sure the families are involved and comfortable and receiving the resources that they need. So moving forward for this semester, especially with a lot of the disruptions that we've had this school year, uh, we're continuing just to focus on all those resources for those families. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we're an academic institution, so we still have those that, you know, those requirements that we still have. But um, that social emotional aspect is huge at our school this year as well. Yeah, that's a, it's a big one. It's, it's very important to make sure that we do take care of ourselves, especially teachers, I think, are some of the most giving people. You're always looking out for your students and for the people that you work with. And I think so often they don't take the time to look for themselves and do something for, your, for yourself. So I think that's a really, I love your, your second S in there, Carol. I think that's a good one. And having Joel, you as a leader of your school, you're looking out for your your people and making sure that they do take time for themselves. I think that's, it's vital, vital especially in this environment to keep going. Yeah. Hey, thank, thanks, thanks for saying that. You know, it, it's more than just um, lip service too. You know, uh, w there's a lot of jokes on social media. If you check out TikTok or anything, they call it teacher talk when, when there's a whole bunch of threads about teachers and administrators really talking about self-care. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to stand behind that. So as school leaders, if we're just saying like, take care of yourself, but we're not providing those opportunities mm -hmm. to take away, um, you know, additional things on teachers' plates or, um, give them time or reinforce any sort of gifts that we can do. You know, anything that's small goes a long way right now. Yeah. Um, and so I hope that administrators listening or anybody looking to go into administration um, is thinking about how can you really validate the work of others? Because um, a, a small comment or a handwritten card goes a long way right now. It really mm -hmm. does. Uh, just all of that can make such a big impact on our day to day. So thank you, Joel. And, and I don't know if she, Sandy has shared this with um, this teacher panel or not, but one of her goals last year was to send out three cards every month. And it was every month, right, Sandy? Yeah. And so, she, and yeah. she did that. She would just do a quick wow. little postcard, like handwritten, real, mm -hmm. like old school. <laughs> and um, well, and she would have a real stamp and because yes. I don't know about you all, but often when I go to the mailbox, it's just bills or you know yeah. just reminders of stuff or advertisements. Yeah. So it's just nice to kind of get a handwritten note now it's not anything long or <laughs> it's just a, a note piece or something but it's it it allows me to stay connected and i just love that being the recipient of one of her cards it just it does it makes your day i mean sandy is a smile in i mean just personified that's what sandy is and so to get a card from her, it just, it does, it brightens your day. And so I'm going to try and do that. This whole sickness totally threw my, my start of the year off a little bit, but um, that's one of my goals this year too, Sandy, is to, to do more pen to paper. And so yeah. I thank you for that inspiration. Well, a big part of that is making it easy. So you just on your desk, make sure you're, it's just prepped. You've got your stamps already. So there's no excuse. You just have it all pretty handy next to you, whether it's just postcards or whatever it is. It's just nice to share. That's a great idea. 
Yeah, it is. I made the goal within my own, within our workplace to send out birthday cards. And so I made sure 2021, everybody got a birthday card on their birthday with, um, with a gift card for something. And so that was, and it was great. We did a really good job with that. And I want to continue that, but I also want to do some more personal ones as well. So I started with Christmas cards. I made sure everybody got Christmas cards, but just the, just because cards, I think really they make a difference. Those are fun. They really make a difference. So that's a good one, Sandy. Thank you. <laughs> Another one that I, um, I love is, um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it to you guys. There's an author, his name is Jesse Itzler. He's a speaker that Sandy and I both met about five years ago. And he has been such a driving force for us personally, as well as professionally. And he has a giant calendar and he's had it his whole life. And he takes this giant calendar with him wherever he travels. He writes out his goals, his plans for the month. He makes sure that he um, allocates time for himself, for his family, for his career, all within. And he just, he writes it all down. And then every month he makes a goal for the month. Um, be it learning, you know, he challenges himself to learn something new. Um, he has a lot of money, so he's able to like bring in a chef from Italy to teach me how to cook Italian food. Like he, <laughs> he goes big, <laughs> but um, he, he does just fun goals for the month to learn something new. Um, I challenged my kids to do that. And I said, okay, when we are in quarantine, let's think of things that we want to learn how to do. My one daughter wanted to learn how to um, make ratatouille. She wanted to learn how to make sushi. Like she had some like just fun goals like that. My other daughter, I want to learn how to pick a lock. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but that they set their fun little goals of little things that they wanted to try. But it just, I think that keeps us young is keeping, you know, keep learning, whether it be something silly, like picking a lock or something real, like learning Italian. Um, I, I think those are just, they're fun things to add to our goal setting. Um, I try to make sure I have some fun ones throughout my year as well. Uh, little side story, 2021, I did, my goal was to not say no. And so somebody asked me to do a push-up challenge. I said, no, no, I have to say yes. So I did a push-up challenge for 2021. Another friend asked me to join a roller skating club. Oh my gosh, I'm 50 years old. I have no reason to be out roller skating, but I joined the roller skating club. We were down at the roller kingdom every month. Uh, so it was just, but it added so much joy. It was just fun to take the pressure off and just, just say yes, you know, try something new. Um, I don't encourage everybody to go out roller skating. Lynn, you're not allowed. <laughs> didn't you hurt? You broke something roller skating, didn't you? Third grade, eighth grade. Uh, I mean, eight years old, um, Cal skate. I broke my tailbone. Oh. So Lynn's yeah. not allowed to roller skate, but, <laughs> but I do encourage you guys to say yes more often. I ever, all of our listeners out there, um, I have shared, I shared that at our last podcast, I believe, um, just try new things. It, it, it don't take life so seriously. There's one thing that I think we've all learned from this pandemic is that there is so much heavy and there is so much that we can't control that we really just need to find the joy where we can. Um, don't take life so seriously. Yeah, and there's so many things online that we can also do. And so it's, you know, other than Netflix, of course, and other, <laughs> but there are some like visiting the museums and just really kind of thinking outside of our normal box. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that Jesse Itzler does, going back to what Allison was saying, is he encourages his young kids. He's got four young kids, I believe. 
and just taking risks. And I don't know how often we do that. So it's it's more than just saying yes to new things, but also like, have you ever done this? And let's make that happen. And so just so that we can kind of start to go beyond that comfort zone that is just so, you know, a cushion for us all, whether we're six years old or whether we're 50. So just really testing our own boundaries and and feeling confident to be able to try something new. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's outside of work too. Our communities all offer such incredible opportunities mm-hmm. and venues. Like yeah. why wouldn't we take this opportunity now to go patronize our community and get involved um, to take those risks, Sandy. So thank you to, to both of you for Sandy and Allison for, for shaking things up and starting this conversation on goal setting. I think it's it's really nice to talk past the pandemic, mm-hmm. what we're doing at work. And, and when we're talking about self-care, like talking to other teachers like this and saying like, Carol, I really love this. I'm going to steal your ideas on, on you know, self-care and, and mm-hmm. infuse that in um, my lessons and um, things that I pass on to my teachers. And um, just listening to what you guys are doing throughout the country is just really heartwarming um, and inspirational. Mm-hmm. So thank you for those reminders. Yeah, of course. I um I like to I ask people quite often like what are you doing for you? You know, people is like what do you do for your job? What do you do for your life? What do you, what do you do for you? You know, I think we need to change that narrative a little bit and ask people, make them more aware and conscientious of taking time for yourself. It's really it's not just okay, it's really encouraged, you know. We we really it makes us better people when we are our soul is satisfied as well, you know. So I want to know, what are you guys going to do for yourselves? I'm going to start with you, Carol. What are you doing for yourself? <laughs> well, you know, I, I teach Zumba and that's for me. And I think I mentioned this last time and I'm giving up. Be, I'm, I'm usually the baseball team mom and I'm there every minute of my children's activities but and I'm still going to do that but I'm going but I having to teach Zumba is taking away a little bit of that but I feel like I mentioned before if I don't I I feel I need to be whole and strong so that I can therefore be I can be there for my children so and my students so when I'm not mentally sane um I can I can feel it in the classroom. I can feel like the day's going not as positive as 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 it usually does. I think grabbing the idea, Sandy, that you mentioned about having just or and Allison saying yes to new opportunities. I think I can incorporate that in the classroom as well. Teachers can by giving the students the power to say yes to to their day. And today, I asked a student. Um, what's your favorite part of the day? And they said, recess. And I said, why? He said, because I can do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so giving them that power in the classroom, I think, would give them a sense of uh, control and happiness and allow them to fill their soul and their self mm-hmm. and in turn, making them more focused and engaged in their learning. So I thank you guys for that idea. I'm going to have a yes day, actually. I love it. I love it. Lynn, You're going to ask you? me mm-hmm, and I'll say yes. Sorry. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Lynn, what are you doing for yourself? Um, I actually think that my I feed my soul with my friends. I feel like, um, like I like to read, you know, those kinds of things. But for me to really fill my bucket, as we say in education, I like to spend time with um, fam- uh, friends. 
you know, whether it's go for a walk, get some coffee or just get on the phone. Um, I think I rely heavily on my friend group to pull me through. Mm-hmm. Love it. Joel. You know, I, I do a lot um, to fill my bucket too, similar to what Lynn does too. You know, you keep your friends close. And so um, a couple of things that, that I do, um, just like Lynn, you know, I live close to downtown. So I like to take long walks downtown and just see what's going on. Um, and then uh, my friends and I get together once a week to watch The Bachelor. Um, <laughs> and we do this so then we can drink really good wine and experiment with food. So I have a friend who's a foodie like I am. And so we take turns at her house or my house and we we make some food, um, just the new recipes and things and watch The Bachelor. So then whether the I food is it. really good or bad, you know, it's, it's either gonna, the show's gonna be good or bad or the food's gonna be good or bad. There's always wine and we always have a good time. So, you know, silly things like that, you know, really fill my bucket too. I look forward to that every single week. Um, but, you know, I also get bored and stagnant. So I um, started a, a doctorate program last school year. And I'm, I'm proud to say I'm starting my dissertation this semester. And so wow. that kind of stuff um, is really exciting for me because it, it helps to impart some really good information and keep my teachers. Um, so, you know, I do a lot of different kinds of things. Thanks for the question. Can, can I ask what your dissertation is on? I haven't. So I haven't solidified it yet, but it's okay. going to be something along the lines of social justice and equity work um, around educational leadership. There's just so much now. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna try to stay away from the whole data piece, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's been a little bit overdone and saturated. So I'd like to do something with the human connection and, and where's education going now? Oh, that's fun. Oh, I love it. Oh, I can't wait to learn more, Joel. That's exciting. Oh, thank, you. thank you so much. Uh, okay, Sandy, you're not getting off of it. What are you going to do for yourself? What is one of your goals? What am I doing for myself? For yourself, yeah. Oh, well, I always do the read something every month, read a book every month. So I, I, I've definitely started that and doing well. And um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't really know what else. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to work on Sandy. She needs a goal for herself. Yes. Sandy is one of those people who does for everyone always. <laughs> Um, she is like the perfect sister, perfect daughter, perfect friend, perfect parent. Um, she just needs to take care of herself. So that is my goal is to work on Sandy. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier, just, uh, our kids. And so my oldest, she's, she's off and already starting school. Most of our classes are online because of what's happening, but my son, he is, starting off two weeks later. So he's starting online. He just started last Monday. So I guess I'm just kind of waiting for putting a pause on me until they get up and running. <laughs> so uh, I'll get back to you all. Danny <laughs> had like a 20 year pause on herself though. Let's be honest. I do. No I do. No she always puts everybody first. Yeah. No more. Well, That's I joined. That fills your bucket though, Sandy, doesn't it? Yes. Does- it feels that I, it feels absolutely. Me. It does yeah. fill my soul for sure. <laughs> yeah. My, one of my things that I'm doing for myself is I joined a yoga studio. So um, I am an aspiring yogi. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes, but at least it gives me three, four times a week. I'm getting a full hour of just mind free, just relaxation and exercise. So um, we'll see if it makes me more Zen and more calm. I don't know. <laughs> we'll work on it. I love it. Thank you guys for getting together and for joining us. And we look forward to, to reconnecting in a few months. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. It was really good to see you guys too. I can't wait to catch up on your goals to see where everybody is. I know. (laughs) And I I wish you guys the best. If there's, I I, I just over the next couple, hopefully just the next couple of weeks getting through this latest wave, I hope things mellow out for you guys and you can really just finish the school year strong and where you're supposed to be. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys. Great to hear from you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Learning Reimagined. If you're enjoying this podcast, please help us spread the word by clicking the subscribe button or share your favorite episodes with families and friends and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts.